On today's show, Todd and I talk games, trains, and automobiles. Actually, just games. Lots of games. It's a games episode. Welcome to Panelism, the podcast where we talk about comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf, and sometimes geeky adjacent subjects, as we will today. Uh, I'm That's Todd right. A. I'm Taylor Trask. We've, we've got some very geeky adjacent things today, Todd. I'm I'm happy to do it because there is definitely an ongoing theme the low these five months, which is um, what the hell are we doing with ourselves during this pandemic? Yeah, yeah. Keeps coming back to that, huh? I hate to make it about that, but it's like here we are. It's uh, August of twenty twenty. It just seems like seems like this is just the never end. It's the, it's Groundhog Day. That's really what it is. Like go oh watch God. Groundhog Day. I think I think more than Contagion, more than yeah. um, Outbreak, Groundhog Day is the movie that truly represents the time in which we live. Oh, for sure. And I I am I find myself uh, I'm I'm not exactly aggravated. It, it it but it is that Groundhog Day sensation of like. I have to do the same things every day uh, that are like just mundane crap. Like um, I, I have a, a very tiny kitchen, so it, preparing one meal pretty much fills up my sink. So then I have to clean all of those dishes. <laughs> they just sit in the dish rack. They never make it to the cabinet <laughs> because the next meal takes all of the dishes again. So generally what happens is I just leave them in the sink until the next meal, which means that like 20 minutes before I want to start preparing that meal, I got to wash everything. So it's literally clean for two seconds. Then I start preparing everything. Oh, my God. Or like the trash. I've never taken the trash out so many times. Um, It's because all of my trash happens here at home. By the way, speaking of Groundhog Day, (laughs) this is completely unintended. Uh, quick shout out to the Hulu movie um, Palm Springs. If you have not seen it yet, it is delightful. Um, it stars um, oh god, I can never pronounce her name. She was in Wolf of Wall Street. She's Kristen, been in Kristen Milotti. Thank you. Yeah, she was in oh, yeah, an amazing uh, episode of uh, Black Mirror, and then um, Andy Samberg. And it's the first time I've ever thought Andy Samberg like really brought it. Like he actually he's found a gear that works really really well. But my pitch for this is imagine Groundhog Day starting at like on, on Phil's day, you know, like 300 or something. And then Andy McDowell's character joins him in, in the repeat. Like that's oh. sort of the premise oh. for Groundhog Day. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So it starts like well within like Andy Sandberg's, you know, like repeating. And then also JK Simmons is there and he's delightful as always. So it's, I, uh, I saw a trailer for it. It looked cool. We watched it. Uh, Rachel and I, and I just I liked it even more than I thought I would. So go check out that little film too. I just rewatched the season of Archer that J.K. Simmons uh, <laughs> guests. Wait, in. what is he in that? They're in um in the season in which Archer dies. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it, it's the detective agency one. I, I think. Uh, yeah, oh, when yeah, he goes into the coma. Yeah, yeah. It's the so J.K. Simmons is one of the detectives along with Keegan Michael Key. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, okay. so they they sort of re- recur throughout the season, but it's all their whole thing takes place in one spot. You know, it's they're just a it's a flashback kind of thing. 
Yeah. Does the J.K. Simmons um, character kind of look like him? Because I know, you know, the characters are, with the exception of Archer himself, they all are kind of drawn to look like their voice actors right. in some way. Like the Patton Oswalt one is my favorite. I, I yeah. Him. No, I, that's funny you mentioned that because uh, the, uh, um, because the Keegan's character looks like him. Ah. But then J.K., because I was looking at them and thinking of that very same thing. And um, uh, J.K. has hair, like his character ah, okay. does. <laughs> all right, all right. So now I'm all confused. I'm like, wait, that is J.K., right? I think, because it's the same season with Patton Oswalt. It's uh, Okay, yeah. where he's the, yeah, 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 yeah. The slimy lawyer. Yeah, where they're, yeah. Well, there's been like five seasons since then where Archer has just oh, been in a coma God. the entire time. And so they just have these different genre seasons that like, you know, noir or yeah. space or, you know, like whatever it is, which... I, I I was a big fan of that show, but I feel like it's like most American TV shows. Like it, it's six seasons past its end date. You know, like I'm sure they've done yeah. fun stuff, but they had they had a really tight four or five seasons, and they yeah. probably should have just ended it. You know, while they were on top, but I, whatever. I don't know yeah. why they did that. It's um because I think it's coming back again, like this fall. Oh, God, and what more can they possibly do? They've done everything, like, and it's at some still point, yeah. Like, they're just using it to tell genre stories, and the tone is the same and everything and that's great but it's like i i don't care if he's i blame i blame know. the simpsons they let the simpsons run 25 goddamn years and like people think oh all, all shows can do that if they're animated yeah. it's like well, dude the simpsons has long passed its expiration point like several oh shows God. like south park simpsons there's all these shows that are just like they're they're too it's almost like uh it's almost like a Meeseeks from Rick and Morty where like the Meeseeks is, you know, you summon it and it's like, hi, Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. And like you ask it for something and it does that thing and then it dies. And it, it's like, that's what it's meant to, that's what it exists to do. It's like to perform a task. And so at one point in the episode, Jerry summons a bunch of them and they're like, they're around too long and they're like, Meeseeks aren't meant to live this long. It starts to get weird. And I'm just like, I wonder if that's a shadow commentary on some of these other animated shows that just you know, <laughs> go on and on and on because it's kind of felt that same way they all start to go a little crazy and just get they're not as funny anymore the longer they're around well i'm always stunned i think bob's burgers has been around even longer than archer or done more seasons maybe it hasn't been as like it didn't start earlier it's just done more seasons because archer takes time off but i think bob's burgers is on like season 10 or so now jesus did you ever see the the archer where the episode begins or the season season one begins (laughs) as a bob's literally as a bob's burger um like he's dressed as that character he's with that family that some of that cast you know does a little guest guest voice on that episode it's really funny yeah that was episode season three or four one of those anyway anyway. Uh, this yeah all all good uh geeky stuff to talk about but not actually the geeky stuff we had to chat about today yeah um, which all came up from this i think you said this at the end of our last episode and i was like "Ooh, put a pin in that we need to discuss yeah um which (laughs) was you have hooked up your uh, Super Nintendo from like high school to a modern television and I started asking you about that and you were like oh I can get into it <laughs> well let's rewind so this Nintendo I've had a Super Nintendo I, know, I was one of those kids who never had a regular Nintendo so like I was just jealous oh, of all my friends okay. and then when I was in fourth grade or fifth grade I think fifth grade um because that would have been like 92 93 so like I got a Super Nintendo and um you know was was overjoyed and it's you know played it religiously and then over time it just kind of as the 64 and other things came up, it just sort of, it went into storage. And I was, I took really good care of all my electronics. I actually, when I was um, back home from my 20th high school reunion, I went rummaging through my closet and I found 
um, sort of my my Indiana Jones, you know, like like a repository of old things, you know, just kind of all <laughs> boxes stacked on boxes. And in one of those boxes was my old SNES. And it looked, I mean, still looked, you know, nothing was broken or anything. So I'm like, I'm going to take that back to, to my house and I'm going to try to play it. So I brought it in and then a couple had a couple hit, hits and misses. First of all, it was still, I think the last time I'd actually truly played it, it was with a TV that had a coax cable output. Right, um, right. You know, because it has that stupid little brown box or a gray box thing. And so that does not apply on a on a just regular LCD screen. So then I was starting like, okay, so I need that original, there's like an original um, AV out cable that came with the Super Nintendo that I no longer had. So I first had to get that. Right. Just a basic, you know, $5 thing from Amazon, you know, hooks in, great. Then I started to try to hook it in, um, and because it's, you know, it's it's a uh, LCD, you know, flat screen TV. Yeah, it's probably at this point ten years old, thereabouts. Oh, yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not cutting edge, but it's you know definitely newer than when the SNES was invented. And there's just no way, just try it as I may, it was not hooking in. So then I went on this crazy tear on YouTube. All these people had all these you know solutions they thought were working. None of them did. And then I came across. I want to give a shout out to this particular guy. You are tech.ca. You, the letter U, the letter R, tech.dotca. <clears throat> pardon me. If you Google or sorry, search how to connect a Super Nintendo SNES to a modern TV screen, he explains it all. Um, and it's, oh, and it's, specifically for a Super Nintendo. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then his um, his uh, magical. And actually, there's another one too. Hang on, there's another video. Um, this particular one is Nintendo's for sale, had a, a brief thing. That's, that's, you know, I gleaned something from that, but this other one is really the, the right one. And he, that particular guy turned me on to this amazing little gadget called an RCA to HDMI, um, converter. And so you get on Amazon, it's like 13 bucks. Um, and it, it's just a little black box. It has a yellow, white, and red input. So the output from the Super Nintendo, that that sort of media cable yeah. that we never used at the time, because it was like, what fancy TVs are is this for? Like, none of mm-hmm. us had them. Now, that's what you... So that's the, the replacement cable I had. You hook that, and you hook that into this box, and then you have an HDMI cable coming out of this box into your TV. And so, oh in theory, God. this should work. It actually has a phantom power. Like, a, you have to hook an external power thing in, which is annoying. Um, but uh, did that tried tried nothing was really working I had to mess with the settings like i had to switch between 720p and 1080p a lot to try to get that input to like match up and then i had to tweak my tvs in you know format settings because the snes was never meant for anything wider than like a four by three you know frame size um so after much you know trial and error and like you know on and off it finally started working and so I was able to crank on uh, Super Mario World, which that was really the whole point of this is like, I just wanted to play Super Mario World again. And like, I just, I love the aesthetic of that game, like the music, <laughs> the look. If you remember when it first came out, it was so revolutionary because it just looked so good. Like it looked, at that time, it, it looked totally HD compared to like 4K mm. compared to that original Mario game. So I just wanted to play that again. Now it has, I think it's aged fairly well, but then as you, the more you play it, you're like, oh, this... This would be just a really great solid like iPad, you know, iPad or, or phone game. You know, it yeah. just it has that. It just it would be awesome. So I, I cranked through that, started playing that. I, I only have like six or seven SNES games. I didn't have that many, hmm. but I also have this little thing that um, it's called a Super Game Boy, and so it's like an SNES cartridge that has a slot for Game Boy games to go into. Oh right! So you can take all your Game Boy games and play them on your SNES, which. 
Some of them translate well, some of them do not because they were meant for like a tiny little screen. So they just, you know, yeah. the, the kind of the flaws become more glaring. But all this to be said, I now have an SNES that's, at, <laughs> hooked to my flat screen and it's delightful. It's Oh, that's the other important so thing. The other important thing, this uh, RC8 HDMI box actually can upscale the resolution. That so you can what actually I was going to ask. Yeah, you can actually be looking at a 1080p sort of image and it does this crazy thing where it kind of reduces the sharpness and kind of just makes everything so if it doesn't look so pixelated. It's really cool. But I would huh. search for an Amazon RCA to HDMI. Um, this is by Gana, the particular one I'm looking at, G-A-N-A. Um, and it's like 13 bucks. And there's several other options you can look for, you know, you know different features and things. I just wanted the, the bare basic one. But it's, I, um, <laughs> it, it works. It works. That's so funny because I, I told you at the time when you said that, uh, that back whenever my dad first purchased an HDTV, um, which was not like, you know, like on the cutting edge or something, but it was still at that time where they made these TVs with like every possible output, you know, because it's like we know you're going to have to convert stuff to get, you know, to have like an HDTV. It's, oh, you know, yeah. it's a your first HDTV kind of thing. So it had RCA, it had HDMI, it had that super or S video. It had, you know, it had like every input possible on it. And my brother and I took our Nintendo 64, you know, we're like home for Christmas or something. This is going to be amazing. We're going to just play, you know, Goldeneye all during Christmas. And we plug it in and the pixels are like, you know, five inches tall. Oh, yeah. And we went, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. And I've had the same experience watching like the Star Wars VHS tapes that I got on that TV where it's like, oh, boy, this is not, you know, this is not it's the amazing. retro feel I wanted. Um, oh, dude, it's amazing how many things were meant for four by three TVs to watch only once ever. Like yeah. it, back when, like, you know, there wasn't streaming, there wasn't DVDs of shows. And it's just like, like this is going to air and then never again, maybe in reruns, maybe. Yeah. But, like this is a one time thing. And so just like seeing how much of the world at that time was just not prepared at all for where we are now in terms of like, oh, yeah. these you know, 4K displays and these beautiful, vivid things. It's just, it's crazy. Well, but, I, oh, go ahead. Did you find that your, um, I, I mean, uh, it sounds like you took the, the time and the care to, to do this in a way that like um, respects the games. But did you find that on some games maybe that your nostalgia was like misplaced or something where you're like, oh, this isn't as fun as it I thought it would be? Um, I haven't gone through all of them just because I really focused mainly on Super Mario World. And oh. then I, I fired up Street Fighter 2 because that was one of my other favorites oh. at the time. Um, that still looks, I mean, Street Fighter 2 has a, has kind of a, a janky quality anyway. That just, that's yeah. part of it. Like if it was, I really wouldn't be as interested in Street Fighter if it was like really streamlined and like, you know, right. you know, vivid. And it just, I, there's, it, it, there's a sort of a 16 bit quality to it that I think needs to always be there. Yeah. Yeah. If you want something different, just go buy one of the modern ones. Like they're still exactly. making it. So yeah. That's, or like just Dra just just jump to Dragon Ball Z like with any of their like Budokai 10 or whatever the hell they're, they're on right now. Like those are, are better. But the other, the game that I didn't. I have I had this other thing where at one point uh, Nintendo released every Mario game up to a world, so one, two, three, and oh, like yeah, some yeah. other weird one on like a single cartridge, um, and then they they kind of updated three with like better graphics and stuff. So, and and I should actually rewind. All of this began because I was watching that amazing Fred Savage movie, <laughs> oh, that's The right. Wizard, and which by the way, if you have not seen The Wizard recently, and yes, I'm talking or about ever. Fred Savage, Jenny Lewis. <laughs> Um, yes, the Jenny Lewis. Um, it is that's one my of the favorite part that you've brought that up like twice now. Like the you know I the mean, Jenny Lewis movie, The Wizard. 
it is it is like one of the few things she was in before she's like I'm not an actor I, and just you know, did music full time, but it's it is a wonderful little time capsule of what it was like to be a child in the late '80s and early '90s. Like it is so damn accurate in that respect, um, and it's also weird because all the adults talk like kids and act like kids, and all the kids act like adults. Um, there's some YouTube videos that really make fun of that fact, but. It all comes down to Mario Brothers 3, which was, if you remember in the movie, the whole thing was like, I think, co-paid for by Nintendo just so they could make it for a commercial glove, for all right? their cool stuff. <laughs> which, but I mean, everything. That's where they de- debuted Mario Brothers 3. Like, that was the first time. And they had all these like cross promotions and stuff. So it was really exciting in the movie when they're like, the guy, the MC at the end, um, he's like, they're going to play a game that they've never played before. And they're like, what a new game. What? Everybody's like losing their minds. And he's like, and now I reveal to you Super Mario Brothers 3! And like the, the things oh, wow. open up dramatically, but then you hear do 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 you know, and then immediately like the dramatic music has to kick in so that you know, the movie can maintain its, its energy, which is kind of funny. But like, it all just makes you want to play Mario Brothers 3. So this all leads to me going home, getting this, and so I played Mario World, and then I was like, Mario Brothers 3, and it's just as good. It's, it, it's, I think I'm more nostalgic for that particular one than I was for any of the other ones. So, okay, now you just you just triggered this crazy trivia that's stuck in my head, which is, now I think the big deal about Mario Bros. 3 was that 2 was that one where they just reskinned, like, a different game. And it, so yes. Mario fans are like, this doesn't make any sense in the actual story, right? It's something Castle? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know your trivia. It was, I forget exactly which game, but I don't even think it was the same company. It was like... That's why all of a sudden there's like plants involved. And like, I think this, the storyline is Mario and Luigi and the princess get taken to some other dimension. Cause you can play all three of them um, in the game. I think you can play Toad too, if I'm not mistaken, but like none of it, it has some of the same basic mechanics, but none of it really fits the Mario lore. Like Bowser's not involved. None of the Koopa kids are like nothing that you recognize is there. It's all like weird plant stuff, which was, yeah, to your point, it was some other game. Oh yeah, that's a really good bit of trivia because yeah, <clears> then people were kind of pissed, and that's almost it was like a, it was like a failed second album, you know? Right, Nintendo, right, right. It, I don't even know why that was. Like that seems like such a lazy move. Maybe don't, because they were focusing all their time on three. They're like, we need something in the middle. You can't go five years without a game, <laughs> so just just put it out. Well, I, I, I okay, again, this I don't know is, is actual trivia, but I, I thought it had something to do with like the popularity over. It was like they didn't, you know. It was a thing in Japan. They didn't know that, like, oh, Super Mario is going to be the one that catches on outside the world. So we got to quickly release the sequel, Doki Doki Panic. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a dumb thing for me to know. The what, it's a good piece of trivia, though, man. You well, I love that. Like, crush a trivia night at a bar somewhere. <laughs> well, sure, with Wikipedia. Um, I love that uh, Wizard brought you into this because just maybe because you had mentioned the Wizard to me, or whatever else has been going on, you know, just sitting at home playing games and stuff. I've been listening to this podcast called How Did This Get Played, which is obviously like a spin on How Did This Get Made, the movie um, podcast. But in Played, they generally talk about bad video games. And uh, so a lot of times they get into stuff that I don't really understand. I'm not much of a video gamer. Um, I... But uh, I do like when they talk about retro stuff and specifically the reason I ask you that question about like, you know, the nostalgia is um, I would have previously thought like the Atari was one of those things for me. Like yeah. my brother and I had an Atari and then 
he got a Nintendo, but got it like late. So it was sort of like I, you know, my friends had already kind of like gotten over the Nintendo, I think, when he got, when my brother got it. And so it just, it didn't, or it didn't really click with me. Maybe it was because it wasn't a joystick. It was the pad, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, but I super more, or sorry, super Nintendo, I missed entirely. Like I oh, just, I didn't have that. And then later on when I was working at Blockbuster Video and could just get free games, I would, you know, check those out for friends, you know, it like, you know, but we, I'd get off my shift and take a couple of Super uh, Nintendo cartridges back to some friend's house and play it. But it just it was never like my system kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, one of the things that this podcast has made really clear is that like a lot of those what I would have thought were like classic games that were on the Atari were dog shit. And mm-hmm. they specifically have brought up like how how terrible Pac-Man is on the Atari and they have the sound effects that they will often like, you know, just pitch to their producer, like, play us that sound effect of Pac-Man. And it's just this like electronic noise. Like it's not, you know, there's there's not a any there's no craft to the sound or anything. It's just like, bah, bah, you know, when oh, he wow. when a ghost gets him or something. And um, it, it's killed that nostalgia for me. I'm like, oh, you're right. I don't want an Atari like <laughs> That sucked. Well, I had, I forgot <laughs> to mention, I did, my family did get a Atari 2600 when I was like really little. And um, I had a couple games for that. My favorite was Crystal Castles. That was like a really great Atari game. Um, I also, anybody, anytime somebody came over to our house to visit, you know, I was like four or five, so I wasn't the greatest at it, but like we had tennis. The tennis game was cool. But then <laughs> we also had the infamous E.T. game. Yeah. So that's when they covered on how did this get played that I listened to. (laughs) There's a whole documentary about this because it was, it was a game that was so terrible. They actually, they actually took all the remaining copies and like buried them somewhere in New Mexico, like in a landfill. Um, And they recently excavated a bunch of that. And the Smithsonian Institute even has um, an excavated cartridge. So I, I still have mine as well, which is great. Um, But it was one of those games where when I was a kid, I kept coming back to it because it was so, I mean, it is, it is basically impossible to win and it's impossible. It's almost impossible to play because none of it makes any sense. There's no, it's just, it's, but it was so confusing. I was kind of as a kid obsessed with trying to get past something and I, it just was so hard and so terrible. I never could. I didn't realize at the time it was just bad. I just thought, what is wrong with me? What am I missing that I can't, I can't do this. I love that point that that comes up over and over again in this video game podcast. Like, when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, all video games are good. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, you know, and then you get one like that and you're like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it is. If you want, I mean, there's a whole rabbit hole you can fall down about the E.T. game for Atari. If you're interested, it is very interesting. Nice. Just, just like just the rabbit see. holes that E.T. falls down in the game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's if you're not familiar, there is one of the mechanisms of the game is that you fall down holes and then have to get out or have ET come and get you out. But you always, it, it, from no fault of your own, you can like literally be as far away from a black hole as possible, like on the game. And then you just fall in and it's just yeah. it, constantly. That's all it is. Very. It's, it reminds me also of, um, I, I had a game boy back in the day. That was my favorite thing. It was my, my game boy, like an OG yeah. version, you know, generation one game boy, but I had the home alone game, which was, uh, I think I thought really, you know, really fun, really addicting, but you could never save your place. So you oh, could man. spend an entire Sunday afternoon, like six or seven hours playing this dumb thing and then get to the end. And then like, you know, you, you, the, you know, whatever the boss is or the final thing, like you, you die and then you just start over again. 
So there was no way to like pick up from where you left off or if your power dies or if you have to, like, you know, if you have to go do something, your mom's like, go do, you know, go to your chores or whatever. It's like you, you couldn't, you'd have to start all over again. It was the most frustrating masochistic thing for a kid to like put themselves through. And I, every time I'm like, I'm going to try again. I'm going to try to get to the end. I never, I never did. I never beat that. (laughs) I bet you it has a similar, I I bet you there's a small subset of, of fans who are aware of that fact that like sort of treat it like our own ET, just like, man, that damn game. They just, they built it wow. just to be annoying anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, what, for whatever reason in this moment of <laughs> pandemic and at home, this has really amused me. Cause I, one of the things I keep coming back to is like, should I get a switch? You know, <laughs> like there's this, they do s- look fun. They, and a there's a new switch have, like light. having fun. Yeah. Switch light. Yeah. So it's all like, it doesn't, um, it can't, connect to your tv it's it's just like a you know it's like the game boy version of the switch oh uh, okay um and it seems like you know it's, it's but i feel like it's one of those things where now here's another question you because you've already alluded to this uh it, are there certain systems you associate only with one game or that you play yes. only one game on them yeah yes like for me the nintendo 64 we literally called the golden eye machine ah uh, because i was gonna say golden eye yeah that would, and mario yeah. kart are like the i mean too Loved Mario Kart, loved Wave Racer, or Wave Runner, or whatever it was called, um, and uh, it seems like there was one more. But it was one of those things where we would play that as like the palate cleanser in between golden, you know, just epic golden eye matches. Mm-hmm. And and I think because it was one of the first games we ever had where you could get four friends playing a fighting game together, and it was chaos. You know, no yeah. nobody, yeah. everybody's looking out for themselves. You know, and we just didn't have that experience before. And that's what made it like when it's split screen into four. You could have four different screens where you're like, I mean, that was a very novel concept at the time. Like, wow, this is crazy. But GoldenEye, man, it's to this day. Every time I'm home, we have our N64 at home. That's typically one of the things we fire up because it's just like it's it's so it's so easy for anybody new to just to pick up and go. And then as long as you have the rule that nobody can be odd job, because that's just, it's just not fair. <laughs> I think we then have the it, same it, rule because you yeah. can't hit him because no, he's they like, made the he's character like playing shorter. laser tag against 12 year olds. It's like, it's just yeah. impossible to win. And yeah. And they like, Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> no one can be odd job. And like for the longest time I would, I would get away with that until someone's like, wait a second, you're always that guy and you always win. What the hell? I'm like, well, yeah. all right. Oh my gosh. That's so, <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, you can't be there's it, it, there's actually have you ever like unlocked some of the secret characters too? like, you know how there's like they're they're grayed out, like just sort of yeah. anonymous. And then like you get to some of those are it's interesting how deep into the movie they went to like bring you other characters. Oh, yeah. Like you can play as Boris. You can play yeah. as I mean, practically everybody. I and it, there's a funny thing, too, where I, I <clears throat> there was a, a a funny inheritance of the system like. You know, two friends bought it when they were roommates, and then when they got different places, one of them got it, and then I was a roommate of one of those people, and then when he moved out, I got the system, and uh. so by the time I got, I don't, we had played as a group so much that I don't think anyone had ever, you can only unlock the characters in the solo mode, okay. and so it wasn't until I had gotten it that I started playing so much that it was like solo that I could unlock characters, and I'm like, oh my god, there's all this stuff we didn't even know about yeah, it's yeah. like years past, but um, yeah, this uh, I uh, again am not a video gamer, and one of my finest slashed uh, most shameful moments is I think it was on the Wii or the whatever came out that was like 
the most recent Nintendo system before the Switch, which I'm guessing was the Wii. I think and there was a, Wii. a there was a Mario World that had um a lot more like 3D sort of elements and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I was, you know, some friends were like, "Hey, we're all going to play." And I literally could not make my character get up out of some hole. And so someone, another character had to put me on his back and carry me out. And it was like, this is the greatest metaphor for me playing video games ever. <laughs> like I have fallen in a hole and now I have to be carried out on someone's back. Um, but I, I have just found myself on like going through iPad games and looking for that, you know, just trying to find that, that joy again. So that was another thing I thought I'd, bring up with you as we talked about video games was uh i've just been going through um i I don't know that they're necessarily like a retro feel but uh the like one i'll I'll name a couple and i also don't totally understand what things like roguelike mean in gaming or what a platformer is or anything like that uh i really love in this game called oddmar which is basically like a viking version of uh super mario so you're running horizontally, you're grabbing gold coins, you're jumping, um, you're jumping on things, but you're a little tiny Viking in a Viking world who's trying to get to Valhalla. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's just, it's just zany and fun and it's cartoony and that's, that's all I want. You know, I'm not looking for... This looks great. This looks like Donkey Kong back in the N64 yeah. days, like when that came out, like, but just even better. Here's the most important question because my biggest frustration with Mario on uh, iOS or Android is that it just, you just keep running. You can't control that. You, oh. you, whether or not oh, you move yeah, forward, yeah. it's the most, it's the most idiotic user experience of all time. Cause you pop it in thinking, okay, it'll just be just like a regular Mario game. And it's not, it just, you have to just jump. You have no control over whether you stop. Yeah. Or not. I'm assuming Oddmar plays it normally. You, you can play normally and stop. So, I have not yet taken the leap to getting the like controllers for an iPad, uh, okay. but I have shopped them and looked for that little, there's like a little sort of, you know, a holder that you can get where it's got a controller on either side and you just sort of clip the iPad into the middle of it, you know, like a switch almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the frustration for me is your running in either direction is controlled by your thumb on the screen. So mm-hmm. if you're really intensely running, you might notice your thumb like pushes past the sensitive area and then all of a sudden you'll just stop running because it's like, yeah, I'm still pushing right, but my thumb slid off the little controller. And so that's, you know, it's it, it would be a fun game with a controller, I assume, if you, you know, had the right feel for that. Yeah. Um, you know, been... this, may, this well, I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned that because I have I've really wanted to play Fortnite, but to do it as a touch experience just is not. Right. I mean, it's, I have it. I played it a few times on the iPad, but I'm just like, this isn't, I need a controller. Like this isn't fun. But if I get a control, an external controller, that might change everything. That's a good now that's point. interesting. Cause I've never played Fortnite and I am Fortnite curious. Um, <laughs> it's, it looks so fun, but like you need, I didn't want to play it on computer and I didn't, I don't have a, a, I have a PS3, so I don't have a way to play it that way. And then it's, um, you know, my iPad is perfectly capable, but I'm just like, I need another interface. I can't just be, you know, swatting my iPad screen every and then you know this also helps with games like Infinity Blade have you ever seen that like that series is amazing but it's no you're, what is oh you're God. constantly you know swiping 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 it just becomes becomes obnoxious so I might, when I, I mentioned this to you I didn't know that you uh played games on your iPad I that's, oh yeah 
Oh, oh yeah. that's hilarious. Okay, so oh boy, this episode is going to end with me ordering a controller. <laughs> I think I think the same. This we may have to do this as we go, just kind of shop yeah, around because I've so I've never fun. even looked into it, and now I'm like, oh shoot, this might be the answer to all my problems. Yeah, because you know I look at a, I'm I, I'm glad the switch light exists. I'm looking at it, since you mentioned I'm looking at it. I love the colors, but I'm like I don't need yet another device. Exactly. As much as I love some of these Nintendo oh. games, I'm just like I don't need another thing. This right now. this is probably the long the long conversation, which is the mo- I, and I re- the this the conversation being. Do you have the one Uber system or do you have a bunch of little systems that have a specific purpose? And this is a conversation that has been going on since I inherited that Nintendo. Because mm. I remember it was at that time that, you know, my friends and I mentioned like, you know, you could just start, we could start getting like those really fast computers, you know, yeah. what like sort of like the pre-Alienware kind of, you know, gaming system uh, where you specifically bought the component, you know, the fast video card. Oh, but or that's but then that tethers you to a desk with a giant tower, and it's and like nineties just... all over again. It's just but it's never appealed to me. I feel exactly the same way about a Switch. I I have the iPad Non Pro that came out a couple years ago, um, so it's that nine inch one that I think is just perfect. I love sitting on the couch with it. Um, you have the ten and a half Pro, I think. So, uh-huh. um, yep. you know, we both have like it's big enough to be a system on its own. Uh, but yeah, I think the fun I want from a game on that is, has to do with that tactile thing. So you have to, for me, I have to look for a really specific game that doesn't require a lot of like thumbs on the screen, Yeah. but still has some fun little action. And then I like the cartoony versus, um, the gritty and I, I I don't want a first person shooter. You know, I want something a little like I, I, and like you mentioned with the home alone, I don't want it to be like, I go so far and then the character dies and they're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have, I've looked really hard at buying final fantasy seven, which I remember playing on the PlayStation um, and enjoying, but it was just, you know, it's, I, I'm just, I don't know that it, again, I don't know that it's going to capture that nostalgia for me. Um, so I've checked out this one. I really like is called bad North, which has nothing to do with like, <clears throat> I mean, it's, I don't know why I said nothing to do. It's just, uh, it, it doesn't have a retro feel. It doesn't, it doesn't like it's, but it's also not a, a thumb masher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another Viking themed game where you are moving island to island and protecting the islands from a Viking invasion. So you, there is some quick tapping, but it's like you're sort of picking your, your strategy and then your little army fights for themselves. Um, and I'm sure there's a name for whatever kind of game that is, but it is, it's one of those where it's like, cutesy enough and actiony enough and also has that you know for better or worse uh damnable addictive property where you're like okay let me just go to the next island you know <laughs> is it kind of like age of empires i'm looking at it right now i'm looking at the jo- jotun edition if that makes yeah. any difference i yeah they um, updated the whole thing so that's the only one you can get i think but is it like um, Age of Empires where like you kind of build your 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 civilization and then go attack others? Or is it purely like no, attack and repeat, rinse and repeat? Yeah, that's a great question because it's just attack. So what okay. you, you just start out with sort of basic troops. And then as you um, defend and, and gain gold, you can choose, okay, this, this army of mine is going to be the pikemen. And this one's going to be the archers. And this one's going to be the, the infantry. So you can uh, give them okay. different weapons and then they have, then they defend and attack a little bit, you know, differently and you have more uh, tactics to try out and strategy, but um, it's just got enough like of the cartoony for me. Um, 
I tried out another one that I, I enjoy the look of called Swords of Ditto, which is just an open world sort of thing. Like there's some looming big battle that you've got. Um, but the problem I have is, as the aforementioned Oddmar, is that my thumb will slip off the controller, especially when I'm trying to like outrun, you know, some bad guys. And then all of a sudden my character will just stop running and I'm like, no. <laughs> Swords and, of Ditto looks cool too. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's more of a, it's more of like, I forget what that style is, but it almost kind of has that, uh, I was trying to think like of that too. Animated cartoon kind of style yeah. slash almost like Japanese kind of, yeah. I can't put my, you'll, once you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But how are you, before you continue, how are you yeah. discovering these titles? Because I was, I had the problem the other day. I was, uh, yeah. I was, I used to, when we first, when iOS first happened, when it first came out, you know, the first I, you know, iPad t- or iPod touch and iPhones came out in, in 08, 07, 08. It was really easy to find games that are just mm. like interesting and captivating. Like every game that I found, I was like, I love this. Now there are so many that just, I almost give up. I'm just like, I can't even begin uh, uh, yeah. unless I get referred through a rabbit hole. I just cannot even begin to find something new. How did you discover these? And that is a really good question. Um, and first I'll lodge a complaint, which is that I, the, the, I, Apple in general has just never had a good catalog of like how to find everything you know it's like this in in apple music as well i find when i use that which is not my main music platform but if i'm if i'm looking for something specific i can search but if i want to find a related thing to this thing it's near impossible you know um and i all i can say with the with the game apps is that i have finally spent enough money in the store that my recommendations are a little bit better but it's so aggravating that that's how you have to do it because you know i mean for years i didn't like literally until the pandemic i wasn't playing games on my ipad that was just not a thing you know i yeah so i well let me ask you let me ask you this because the other the other big question is you you and i both have pixel phones they're fantastic devices i think um why the ipad and not the pixel phone just did you want a bigger a bigger screen yeah i definitely had played a lot of these games not a lot of these games. I had played games on my Pixel, um, but they were all of the Tetris variety of the like, let me turn my brain off and just like get ah. stuck in this repetitive uh, thing. Like one big deal. Like, what was that? A breakout. There are like a billion versions of breakout where you're like, you're shooting the ball up at the, you know, thing of bricks and there's all these twists on that now where everybody's making these different breakout kind of games that kind of thing where it's just like mindless mm-hmm. like i'm just gonna literally you know you're sitting in the the, the thing i think of is you're you're at the dmv or something and oh, you're yeah, like i need yeah. a game that i can just turn off when they call my name <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's all i ever played on my phone and then i had gotten into this one called pocket build or something where you're just you're building a world you know and you 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 know you have two trees and you put the uh, the little person down and they they chop down the yeah, trees yeah, and you yeah. get wood resources and then you can build plants and you get plant resources, et cetera. But I, that was the one where I, <laughs> I sent you and our friend drew some screenshots of where I had just built this giant, like <laughs> Mad Max arena in it, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all goblins on one side and all like, uh, you know, magicians on the other. And then I finally knocked down the wall in between them to see who would win. And the goblins destroyed <laughs> them like instantly. It's, I- it's funny you say that because that's how I re- the, remember the, the very first Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, like bef- before when it was just a single player game. That's what I used to do. I used to go in. They had an <laughs> editor involved. I, I created like an artificial wall and just let the two sides have at it. And then you know yeah. you remove that barrier. It's like 
evolution take over go go let's see it was so depressing i thought the wizards would put up a fight but no i know i know they just like one of them gets one it makes you wonder like how the algorithm was programmed where one just one side just freaks out and gives up like never mind go for it well and that's a good contrast too because i wanted to one of the games i wanted to talk about was uh and i don't have a lot to say about it because i haven't gotten far in it but um it had been referred to me and it's called arog a-r-r-o-g and it's one of those uh, I can't I can't say specifically it's an indie studio, but it's a very indie feel. It's like a uh, you know, it looks like hand drawn, but it's line drawings of this animation. Um, but it has this very sad feel to it, which is a thing it's a lot of these indie games have. Yeah. And so you're you're solving a series of I mean, I guess you would call them puzzles, but they're mm-hmm. it's more like you're it's a journey through this this person's the like last of their life you know and you'll you'll do these little things like you'll you'll solve a little uh you know which piece fits where kind of thing but none nothing's described to you like nothing says go find the piece that matches here you know it's not childish like that it's like you're just staring at a screen going oh i guess i can drag this thing up there and that'll connect this wire and then some light will flicker on and um it's so it's really creative and interesting to me but it's also like this is not the zany fun i want when i (laughs) yeah yeah. you know well it's okay there's a you bring this up there's a there's there has always been maybe in the last five or six years a a class of game or a category of game that is more art project than game and i i appreciate them but this kind of looks like that where it just feels like man i don't even know if this is something i should play so much as just sort of watch and experience and it has just a very specific point of view aesthetic like it's and i appreciate i'm glad they exist but i don't know how you we almost need a category just for these kind of very artsy intentional games yeah and Um, they're almost like the ex machina of games like wow this is (laughs) somebody really had a very particular vision of what they wanted to do here and i do like that they are specific to a mobile experience because it it would not make any sense on your lime green switch light you know, no, you're, no. you're that, that whole system puts you in a different mindset, you know? Um, so there is something about, you know, just that lonely staring at the screen and it's kind of meditative or something, but, um, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't tried out too many of those. Um, but there, there are some where I, you know, I'll play for a couple minutes and, and I, you know, I think it was like two ninety nine. And that one, I think, had been recommended through the Apple Games Store, like, you know, coming out this month is this really interesting, you know, meditation on life and death and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that I'll check that out, you know, and I pre-ordered it. So um, it looks beautiful, but I, I, yeah. I don't want to throw any shade at it. It looks gorgeous. Exactly. Like some exactly. It, some of it's very sort of uh, two dimensional black and white. But then I'm looking at one of the, the screenshots and it's got some really gorgeous, like shadowy light and some rain and just like the whole thing looks very again like an art project as a game yeah yeah exactly and that's i you know i i thought i'd throw it in there for some contrast um it's it's uh i i'm trying not to go too deep on like every freaking app i've downloaded and tried out so um so i'll leave it there but you had a couple notes that i was really curious about yeah um so uh, when we're talking about ipad games and it's i'm glad we're, we're having this discussion because i've sort of been on this I used to do most of my mobile gaming, quote unquote, on my phone, on my device. 
So most of those were Android. I've always only have ever had an Android device. So I've had these Android games. Prior to that, I had an iPad or sorry, iPod Touch, like when it first came out. That oh, was my yeah, yeah. device. And I had a lot of there were a lot of games that I would still play today had they had the developers kept up the updates. Um, so I actually have my I, I ended up uh, my original iPod Touch bit the dust, but I ended up grabbing um, my my first business partner, uh, his his phone was like one of the original iPhones. He was getting rid of it. It had a crack, but it was still functional. I'm like, give me that. I'll take it off your hands. I, I, a, I just want it as a historical kind of artifact, um, you know, because that first iPhone is, it's it's kind of special. Like it's designed, oh, it's yeah. really interesting, you know, even though the screen is tiny, tiny. It's um, has, so tiny. It has a lot going for it. But then I, I ended up putting all my, my favorite games on there because I knew at some point, and I did this just in time because they cut off the app store to those older devices. So I have, it's kind of my, my nostalgic iOS gaming device, but that's the only way I'll ever get to play those games ever again. Yeah. And so I say all this because I, there was a moment where I really liked mobile gaming and then too many came out and then there's too many kind of copycats. And um, now it's just, there's just, it's so hard. Like Apple especially needs its own sort of Amazon recommendation engine that works as efficiently. Cause I just, I'm not finding what I used to. So yeah. instead I'm relying on the old favorites. So one of the best things that ever happened was Sega decided, hey, we're not going to make consoles anymore. We're just going to license our library to everything. So if you go to the, I mean, it's on Android too, but uh, the iOS Sega library is pretty deep. And it's, I don't know if it's everything, but it's most of that. Most of those Sega games are now available, including every iteration of Sonic. Um, so oh, if wow. you want to fire up Sonic, like I, I think this, the uh, Sonic 4 is my favorite one because the graphics have improved but it's still not so sleek that it kind of oh. distracts you. So it works really well on an iPad. And then, um, so yeah, that Sega library, I just, I kind of wish I get why mm. they're not doing it, but I wish Nintendo would follow suit and just go, Hey, look, we're still going to sell switches. We're still going to have exclusives in our ecosystem, but here is, I mean, at the very least, take all those SNES games and just port <laughs> them to iOS, you know, no. sell them for three bucks a piece. You will make, uh, you know, you'll make $20 million in a month. In, in easily you know just just give us those old games make all the new stuff on your devices but give us that back library because there's no other way to play them other than you know they put out that um have you seen them put out those like uh those little mini consoles that have like 100 games yeah exactly know, like i was gonna ask you about that but they only did that because other people were kind of hacking their own together and selling them at gamestop and stuff so so nintendo's finally like we'll just do this ourselves but then they sell out instantly and, I, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to necessarily play some of those games on a TV. I want a smaller screen because the experience, I think, will even look better. Anyway, all that to be said, I wish I wish Nintendo would do that. So the Sega library on iOS is great. And then I have been just delighted at how many of these old CD-ROM games have been redeveloped and ported to, to iOS specifically. Android has a lot of them too, but I'm, I'm going to specifically call out the entire Myst library. So the original game, Mist, uh, Real Mist, which is probably the best version of it because it lets you, you know, the first Mist game was almost like a, a hypercard stack. So it's beautiful images, but you, 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 know, you can't turn around. You can't 360 yourself around. Real Mist, you can. You can go <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. The graphics are amazing. Um, Riven, the sequel to Mist is on there. So some of these amazing CD-ROM games, um, Cyan Studios has really done a great job uh, redeveloping and re-putting those out. And then even games like The Seventh Guest, which was another one of those amazing kind of CD-ROM games of that same time. Hmm. Um, 
it's it's just like Mist. It's a puzzle solving kind of thing, but it's about a haunted mansion. And it's got a really kind of messed up storyline. Um, so that's on there. I mean, there's just if you're if you're hankering to experience some of that '90s nostalgia, just kind of create a list of all those CD-ROM games you used to play. The only one, sadly, that's not available is freaking Carmen San Diego, which to this day, I'm like, all I want is that original CD-ROM, you know, full color thing that has like the little phone um, in the corner and that, you know, pops open and that's where you get your communications. I loved that game. There was something kind of mysterious and kind of quiet. I mean, the, the, the game dynamics weren't even all that, but it just there was, a, there was something about that feel that I love that would be so easy just to pour it over. So, yeah, uh, you know, those, those are available on iOS. Um, and then I would also give a shout to, there's a new game that came out recently available, uh, available for both platforms. Uh, I haven't dug into it that much, but it's gorgeous. It's called sky. Um, Oh, I have tried it, that one out. It looks kind of like era. I mean, it feels kind of like Arog, and that's very different yes. visual, but kind of very, you know, they don't hold your hand. You kind of have to figure it out. And it's, it's very yes. subtle and very sort of, um, you know, just very right brain, very ethereal, um, you know, beautiful game. I just haven't had the time to go into it, but I might switch yeah. it because I've been playing it on my phone. I think I might switch it over oh. to iOS and, and just make that my, my mobile game experience and just cut the phone off entirely. I almost brought that up, but I felt like, you know what? I just haven't even gotten far enough in it that, <laughs> that yeah. I can talk about. But yeah, that's, that is, uh, I agree. It, it definitely has that indie game, like that feeling of like, this is more of like a meditative sort of thing you're doing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not an action game. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought it out. I need to look into that again. <laughs> I'm so glad um, you mentioned Oddmar, though. I'm looking at the screenshots. It looks fantastic it looks like the thing i have been waiting for oh cool for months now like i'm like, i will play this immediately it has um, some really fun stuff <laughs> and i'm just you know I, and it's funny because i i see recommended you know along with that is is ocean horn which pops up everywhere and i'm sure oh, ocean horn is wonderful i just it's it just isn't i mean like just make zelda just just license zelda that's all i, I want but ocean horn pops up every time you type in zelda at any you know at any point. yeah well i'll tell you another um is like sort of frustration of mine. And again, like disclaimer, I'm not a video gamer in that sense. Like I don't know totally what I'm talking about. I'm sure there's a level of, of, you know, a uh, nerd that can like explain to me why this is not the case, whatever. They're different platforms, etc. But I have steam on my laptop, but I don't want to play games on my laptop. Nor do and I. I, and I have, I only have this because during the pandemic I have bought, one humble bundle and then another another charity that I gave to on itch where I got a bundle of games. I would love to play these games just to check them out. You know, a ton of indie games that I got off itch, but I don't want to do that <laughs> through my laptop, you know, which also has no controllers and it mostly cause it's, that's my work machine, Yeah, you know? And um, I like the idea that, you know, the iPad is what I can just sort of take over to the couch and sit there and like, you know, feel relaxed. I don't want to feel like I'm at work. And um I yeah, agree. there's a there's a Steam Link app that will let you link to your computer that's running Steam. Oh, so you can like put this no. on your iPad, but you have to leave your computer up and oh. on. And you know, it's just a I haven't even tried it out. It just seems so imperfect, but I I do wish that a lot of those games could just, you know, I could just fire up in Steam on my iPad. 
Um, it, so. you, it should be easier than it is. Like I'm, I'm shocked that in this day and age, and, and you, people could, could say, well, you know, you're the iPad processing power. I'm like, that iPad Pro does, yeah. it is a workhorse. Like it, there should be no excuse why most of that library, especially if it was, you know, pre-2008, you know, anything before that should easily work on an iPad or be, can be ported over in some way. I'll tell you what my holy grail is, though, because I used to it's funny because I used to play a lot of games, you know, back in the you know, in the 90s. We, we could only play on our desktops. And so it just right. kind of became this thing you did. And I did it a lot. You know, I was really into the Maxis game. So any of those Sim games prior to Sim Life, Sim Life kind of broke it for me. I was like, eh. um, but like Sim Life, Sim City 2000. And then my holy grail is Sim Farm, the original Maxis Sim Farm. You can find a Let's Play of it on, on YouTube. There's several of them. So you can get a feel for what it is. It's not that it's there's really not much going on there that other sim you know simulating farm games did. But it, I, there's a there is a sort of simplicity to it I love that you know Farmville or any of those never really hmm. achieved. And all I want to do is play Sim Farm on my iPad just all day because <laughs> like that that it has one of the best sort of two bit soundtracks of of any game of that time. Right. It just it just it, it and it there are days where I find myself just turning on that um the loop of that that score because it kind of it goes from I think through three it cycles through three different sort of uh, tunes over the course of like I think fifteen minutes before it resets again. I find myself just turning that on just to get work done because it's so soothing and just it kind of puts you in this flow state that's amazing but i loved sim farm like i had a, I had a rival in my middle school who she <laughs> let me she let me basically borrow her you know and you know borrow her discs and install it on my machine so we we both loved the hell out of that game and we build these amazing farms and just you know it becomes i don't know if you've ever played the original sim city or sim city 2000 like that maxis really knew how to make those games at that time hmm. um so between that and carmen san diego if just one day I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's like, look, if we did that, it would cost us, you know, like 50 grand and we don't have, we wouldn't make that back. I'm like, all right, fair enough. But I mean, Carmen San Diego is a no brainer that, and there's (laughs) the other interesting thing is that Oregon trail Two, I argue is the best Oregon trail. And they don't even really have any modern Oregon trails anymore on iOS. They used to, and they've taken, taken the most, most of them down. It looks like so. Hmm. All that to be said, like I'm with you. Like I just don't the desktop laptop experience is just not where I want to. I don't want to sit at a chair to play. Like I want to be able to lay on the couch. You yeah, know? and there's definitely something specific to like the pandemic and working from home. I there's no sep. You know, there's very very little separation between my work and my life, and I, I I've got to try to find way, other ways to to put more separation in there. Even if it's great just point. as simple as like use a different device for this. I don't, you know, this laptop does not go in my bed (laughs) or in my bedroom, you know, like it's, and yeah, I don't want it on my couch even. So it's, yeah, but no, that's, this is fun to talk about because uh, it's, it's funny to describe myself as not a video gamer when we are all video gamers. Like we are in, in that generation that, you know, we, we, we're right in that, you know, that first generation to have these home consoles and and grow with them. So, yeah, even though I'm like, oh, I'm not a video gamer, but oh, man, when, you know, <laughs> NHL 93, like <laughs> that was the game on Genesis, whatever. Um, I You know, I can go were you, back. What, back in the day, were you ever a Sega console person or were you only sort of in the Nintendo my world? My freshman year of college was 
that year where there was an NHL game where you could make everybody's heads bleed and <laughs> like that is documented in swingers <laughs> Lam- oh, like in swingers go. they lament how the new version you can't do that <laughs> uh, uh. or something like that but that was my freshman year of college and someone down the hall had a genesis so we often piled in there to play the genesis but i never played any of the sega like sonic games or anything like that and okay. it's not that i'm a i mean you know i'm not a sports fan um but I do from time to time check into those games. Uh, you, you know, I don't, I don't know. Like they're way too complicated now, but back, you know, mm-hmm. when, when it was blades of steel and um, whatever that uh, Nintendo basketball game was double dribble. Uh, oh two. my God. I forgot about double dribble. <laughs> that oh one, my God. See, that's such a great callback. That's one of those games. That was a perfect example of like, I'm so angry at this game. And I think it's, I think it's cause I'm a bad player. But what it was was mm. the pixels were so precise that your player had to be standing on in order to make a basket that it, it just didn't make any sense. Like you, nobody could be on you and you shoot, you know, from the, the three point line and you miss it. And then I would have that friend that had played this a million hours and could line up like right on the right pixel total coverage and still sink the basket. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Well, I have the extra um, luxury, by the way. I should have mentioned this from the outset. I have the extra luxury of living in Manitou Springs where you know, because you were here with oh me. Oh, my God. We yeah. have a Penny Arcade that has as many classic um, you know, arcade games as you could possibly want to ever immerse yourself in. So yeah. whenever I'm feeling super nostalgic, I just go down there. Not so much now because of COVID, but like you know, in normal times, I would just go down there, you know, spend two bucks and have a, a grand old time. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, I, not everybody has that, that sort of luxury. I understand, but like, it just, I, that has been one of the greatest things about moving to Manitou is that just having that, um, down there whenever, I mean, and there are games and they cycle, they cycle games out now and then. So there have been some blasts from my past that I don't even know what this one is called. I should go back and double check it, but I just know it's the Lord Demos wins game. It's this, (laughs) it's, this kind of like, you know, it's kind of like street fighter. You pick like a, you know, sort of mythic legendary kind of character but there's one called lord demos and i remember when we were in high school my friends and i would always go up to the mall and like we'd we'd, you know wind up eventually at the end of the day in like the arcade in the mall and this is one of the games where you can just mash the buttons as lord demos and destroy anybody else no matter who it is no matter how good they are and then every time he wins he looks at the camera and goes lord demos wins and like slams his sword into the ground it was it was the most satisfying thing so we had to have a a rule for that too like uh, the odd job rule had to apply like you we cannot nobody can be lord demos because there's clearly a flaw in the game where the developers are like screw it just you know mash the buttons you will always win is we have Mace, that down at the Manitou. Dark Age. What's that? <laughs> yes, Maze the Dark Age. There you go. <laughs> I had to look it up because uh, that <laughs> Lord Demos sounded familiar. That's Lord hilarious. Demos went. I mean, it was a very it was a mainstay in most of those late '90s arcades. Like you'll find it, and so we've got we've. I mean, it moves around, but we have one down at the Manitou Arcade, which is usually where I'll end up at some point just to to relive that. So I love you know I I think uh, you know if we end up shopping for. Um, external controllers we should have another follow-up update on that just to see because I've, I've been as we've been chatting i've been like perusing amazon just to see yep. and there's too many <laughs> there's too many to consider same same <laughs> no that, like, that would be a might, great this, follow-up this might this is i love this because this is kind of re-energizing my 
like I'm going to go through each of your recommendations, especially Oddmar. That looks, that's, I'm definitely going to grab that one. But um, Arog looks beautiful. You also had one here called Sorcery. Do you want to speak to that real quick? Um, I can. Uh, it, it went a little, um, I, I, I put it in there with, with Arog. Um, so, uh, and it will tie into an upcoming episode of the show where we talk about RPGs. But um, ah, okay. it's funny because I heard someone mention it on how did this get played. Uh, and they were like, oh, it's this cool, you know, and I don't remember exactly how they described it on how did this get played, but they were not aware that this was a series of choose your own adventure books by Steve Jackson that were called Sorcery. That was like their, that was the, the, the series title. And I had played those over and over as a kid because they were a role playing game slash choose your own adventure. Like you made mm-hmm. a character up at the beginning. There's a little character sheet in the front. And you wrote in a pencil on your book, like on your character sheet, or you copied it down somewhere. Uh, if you did not have dice with you, there were um, two six-sided die icons at the bottom of every page. And you would just flip through the pages and stop somewhere random to roll your dice. Uh, and, you know, you would you would uh, fight the creature, you know, whatever. And then it would say, like, did you win the battle? Go here. Did you not? Go here. Mm-hmm. Um, they ported this to iOS. I don't know when. And it is actually a really cool version of this. So it's not a video game in uh, like, uh, there's not like motion on screen. There's sort of a map and like a little black and white character that will move around depending on your choices and how you, you know, deal with things. Um, So it's, it's a really interesting like twist on it that I think now I, I, I played it a bunch when I got it and I have not picked it back up. So it's hard for me to say like I revisited it, but I think it was, it's a good version of like how to capture the nostalgia without, um, without just doing the actual thing. Cause I, you know, nice. this kind of book would be super boring. Like for me now, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like, I don't want to play super Mario brothers eight bit on my iPad. Yeah. That would kill yeah. it for me <laughs> to see these huge pixels, you know? And so it's a good uh, mesh of the nostalgia and like a good port of a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm super excited you like the look of Oddmar because I think to me that's what I want in a game, which is the play of a classic game, but updated with the look and the music and everything. So I'm not, you know, I'm not ha- I'm not losing that nostalgia for the old thing because <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. bad. Yeah. Nice. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, this is this is this is jazz me up. I don't know about the listeners out there, but I'm I'm excited to get gaming after all this, and hopefully we'll end the year on a high note at least. You know, that's, oh that's boy. what this is all about. Yeah, <laughs> all about this. Well, anyway, you can find more episodes like this if you want to go back through our back catalog, which a lot of people seem to be doing. Todd, there's just I, I'm right. always surprised looking at our 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 stats, like who's going back and checking out like very old episodes, and a lot of them are going back to man episode zero of the todd and taylor show which is all part of the (laughs) panelism feed now so you can go find everything at panelism.inc that's panelism.inc that is also coincidentally our instagram uh handle panelism.inc you can direct message us there uh apologies we've been a little inactive there as of late so hopefully that'll that'll change that's that's my job usually i would say Um, uh and you know we'll post about this episode on instagram hit us up with your game recommendations because yeah. I'm, I'm constantly looking for them yeah i would i would love to know uh what sort of fits in you know enough about what we like now let us know what yep. would fit in that 
Yep, yep. Or yell at us if we're like, you, you're like, <laughs> Mist is full of crap. Like, yeah, that's fine too. I'll, I'll have that <laughs> discussion with you if you're out there. Um, and then uh, anything else you want to plug, sir? No, I'm good. Well, there we go. Well, it's been great. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with another episode. In the meantime, enjoy, and uh, I'll talk to you next time.